Next on BYU Sports Nation, changes on the way for BYU basketball. Take head coach Dave Rose's word for it. What will the roster look like next season? How will the Cougar hoop scheduling differ? And who didn't want Gonzaga to stay in the West Coast Conference? Plus, how much of an underdog is BYU football at Arizona to open the season? A first-team all-Federation volleyball player in Studio B. And it's Friday. Let's go. 13th. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, the 13th of April. What? Look out for that black cat. Don't walk under the ladder. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Man of the Woods, Jerem Jordan. Silas? Silas. There's a, there's a guy in my neighborhood named Silas. That means Man of the Woods. Yes, it does. Yeah. Also, Justin Got Timberlake's new album called Man of the Woods. He was in Salt Lake City last night. I'm so turned around with baby stuff at home that I, I forgot about it. And I'm kind of mad that I didn't get to go. That's probably good you didn't, right? Yeah. Yeah. For obvious reasons. <laughs> hey, I'll be back at about midnight. Going to go to the concert. Hope everything's okay yeah. at home with Mom the and kids. law, you good? Mom and law, you got it? You don't need me? You don't need me, right? I'm in the way. Too many cooks in the kitchen? No? Are you, are you a Timberlake fan? Sure. Yeah. Who's, who is your man crush? You. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Like, if... Is there a My guy man crush? Yeah, yeah. Do you have a man crush? I don't know that we've ever discussed this. I bring it up obviously because Justin Timberlake is in the conversation for me. Like I yeah. think he is super talented. He's a really cool guy. I would like some time to not think about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be a Marvel character of some. Judge, sort, I would right? like a recess to not do anything along the maybe way. Optimus Prime. It's a fictional character. It's kind of weird. Okay. Also, it's a machine. That's even <laughs> okay. While well, you don't think about that, all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU basketball head coach Dave Rose showed up in Studio B yesterday and gave all of BYU Sports Nation a loaded interview to wrap up the 2017-18 season. Everything from why the Cougars needed Gonzaga to stay in the West Coast Conference, to how BYU will schedule opponents differently in the future, and what kind of roster shakeup BYU might have before next season. Let's start with that, Jerem. It's no secret the turnover from year to year for BYU basketball has been noticeable and pretty much like clockwork recently. How many players from this year's roster do you expect to leave? I didn't take a math class at BYU. But let's do some math here, okay? In the past six seasons in the West Coast Conference, there have been seven, I know, but we don't know who's coming back or not from this season. An average of 4.2 players leave the roster, the team, for a non-mission reason. That's surprising. Now, I I thought I would think that the mission factors into that. I didn't include missionaries. It's just everybody else who left the program permanently, right? Mission is a temporary loss for most. That's the average. Last two years, by the way, the number is six and a half. It's 13 the last... Two years total. Look out. So I'm, I'm going about four or so. I mean, th- that includes walk-ons that aren't on Scott. Like, what happens with Elijah Bryant's the big question? And, and, and Dave Rose 
sort of alluded that one of the bigger, more important players from last year isn't coming back, like that that person's going to replace. Is Elijah Bryant going pro? Is Yoli Childs going to gonna leave? I think Yoli's coming back. I think there's a shot Elijah says, you know what, I was in prep school. I also had a redshirt year, and I played three years. He's five years removed from high school. He might leave. Like, don't be shocked. McKay Cannon's a walk-on. Colby Lee's a walk-on. Like, do these guys stick it out if they don't get a scholarship? So uh, I'm thinking – I'm thinking. and what do you do with, you know, Ryan Andrus and Braden Shaw and what – what do you do with these guys? I'm thinking four is not an unfair number. Yeah, Dave Rose said, going back to what you brought up about him alluding to one of the bigger players, a big player. potentially leaving – he said that was concern 1B. 1A was handling all of the missions and all that stuff. 1B is, which is a new development, losing a big player. So you referenced Eric Mika last year. And does that happen again this year? It kind of seems like that. Uh, I'd say four or five total. I mean, that's a third of the roster. <laughs> last year was seven, by the way. Which is crazy. Seven that's basically left. half of the roster. Okay, you're dealing with that on an annual basis, and that's why Dave Rose brought it up as a huge concern yesterday. But it's not just his program. Coaches across the country are dealing with this more and more. 40% of Division I college basketball players are transferring? I mean, that, this is a new age. That's about seven dudes on your t- – six or seven of your 15. You have 13 scholarships. BYU generally carries two walk-ons for 15 or so. We're talking about six. Yeah, we're we're saying year. four. We're saying four. That's, that's a low number. That's hopeful, right? Yeah. That's hopeful at this juncture with these numbers that we're bringing like up. Like our transfers, meaning the total pool, not per year per se. But yeah, there's some questions there. The NCAA basketball committee made it very clear a few weeks ago that to make the NCAA tournament, the team has to play good games, and a lot of them. Dave Rose had this to say yesterday on the show about BYU's new scheduling philosophy. And if we have to go on the road and play them, if we have to play them at home, if it's a guarantee where they don't return it, everything is on the table, you know, for us to be able to replace those two games, which would pr- probably be 250-plus RPA games, and try to get them in the top 50 to top 100. Spencer, do you expect big changes in who and where BYU plays next season? One million percent yes. BYU will play a much more difficult road non-conference schedule in my opinion. The hope is that the Cougars can get a high-ranked opponent at some point to play in the Marriott Center, but for now, that's pretty much, you know, a pipe dream. It's going to be BYU going on the road to play games that resonate with the selection committee, and you are not punished for playing and competing in those games because differential in or how badly you lose a game, it doesn't really factor in. It's just, did you challenge yourself? Did you win like a third of those is the question. You're not punished for the scheduler's transgressions, if you will. So, okay. yeah, if BYU My- goes and plays four road games against quad one teams and they win one, then that it, that will resonate with the committee. Yeah, they. the thing I learned from this last year is the committee ignored the losses. They just said, did you have enough wins? Like, did you do enough Yes, I expect two quad one or quad two games that weren't there before in non-conference because they're two extra non-con games now. Last season, BYU played six quad one games with one and five. Okay, not good enough. The number, the number, the total needs to be higher and the wins. Five quad twos, three and two. Non-con specifically, Alabama was the only quad one loss, and quad twos were Utah at home and Utah Valley on the road. Wins. I expect five quad one or quad two non-con games this year. 
out of 15 non-conference games. Can one-third be those? Dave Rose said, we're a quad one game. He's right when BYU goes on the road. Because if I'm Oklahoma State, I didn't make the NCAA tournament. I didn't play a tough enough schedule. I take BYU because, guess what? They're going to be top 75 RPI. That's going to be a quad one game. And I'm likely winning that one at home against BYU. And, and perhaps I don't even have to return that game. BYU is changing the way they schedule. They're not looking to get home and road. Nor should that, they. Nor should they're they. They're just going to go. Now, I, but I am, selling, I am selling good teams. Hey, come here, too. We'll give you a quad one there. You give us a quad one. If they're top 30. They'll or do we'll their play, due diligence. We'll play in Salt Lake. Be top 50. That's quad one. But if a team says, we only want to play you once and we want it to be here, BYU's going to take that game. Now, you're not going to do 12 of those or seven of those, but you should do like three of those. Yeah, if Michigan or State three. or whoever come call and say, we want Even you to play neutral. here. Okay. BYU did a neutral and neutral with Michigan State in what, 06 and 07 or 07, 08? That was a good series. BYU got into the NCAA tournament. In those years, at least in 2007. So I had better teams as well. Those so years. there you go. All right, among the verbal gems that Dave Rose dropped in Studio B yesterday, he also told us the West Coast Conference needs Gonzaga. But not every school in the WCC feels that way. What? When, uh, when um, the Zags decided that uh, you know, this is what we needed to do and everybody found a way to get it done. I didn't, everyone didn't agree. I don't know what the actual number was when the presidents voted, but it was not unanimous. Who's got beef with Gonzaga Well, <laughs> in the West Coast well. Conference? <laughs> Jerem, what do you think? Which schools do you think are not happy with the Zaga rules? First off, this uh, particular uh, soundbite and quote uh, had some legs among the uh, Zagaites and people in Spokane yesterday. What? What? Like, this is a shock. Randy Bennett in St. Mary's is my number one pick. Uh, I don't know anyone else that uh, would be open about not wanting Gonzaga in the league. Other than Randy Bennett, like, who is an obvious pick for this? I have no idea. Yeah. You think Pepperdine's like, yeah, Gonzaga? No, they're like, yeah, we're happy to be here. St. Mary's makes sense. I have no clue about the others. (laughs) Do we know of another WCC program that at any point has had public – problem with Gonzaga has any do we know of anything like did San Francisco get burned or rubbed the wrong way by Gonzaga at any point in the past what what peasants want to challenge the lord of the land Gonzaga that's the question BYU (laughs) is someone who can rise up a little bit St. Mary's like they can say hey wait a minute you know I think BYU's in league with Gonzaga, though. You know, like, when you play Risk and you're like, hey, don't attack me in North America. I'm going to dominate this. Form an alliance. You stay in South America. Yes. That's Gonzaga and BYU, man. Of course. Yet, Gonzaga got everything they wanted. And they're happy now, I think. Are the Portland Pilots fed up with Gonzaga? You know what, you fellow (laughs) great Northwestern school? We're tired. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, yeah, uh, St. Mary's makes sense. I have no idea about the others. Yeah, everything, every, anything negative with St. Mary's makes sense. The West Coast Conference catered to what Gonzaga wanted to keep them in the league, which was smart. Mm-hmm. These changes shall heretofore be known as the Zaga rules. Yes. Okay, Zaga rules. We all, we all good with that? Let's say it together. Zaga, Zaga rules. rules. Okay. Uh, as you just mentioned, Spencer, previously. These rules include non-con schedules, tournament format, revenue distribution, plus, as Dave Rose said yesterday, some we don't know about yet. 
And I think there's there's a lot more, you know, kind of changes that, that you don't know about yet, that you haven't seen that will really help Gonzaga, which actually really helps us, you know, really helps BYU. Indeed. Spencer, how does BYU benefit from the Zaga rules? We've already talked about it. More opportunities to schedule tougher opponents. You're only playing 16 league games instead of 18. That's two dates where you can go out and play somebody. Also, when you play somebody, that takes away one more chance to lose one of those games that are devastating to your NCAA tournament resume. Quad fours, man. If BYU plays well and gets into the NCAA tournament, they will also keep more of those units. Translation, more money. And if BYU can finish in the top two of the West Coast Conference in the regular season, they are that much more likely to get to the tournament championship game. You Which is the, the goal. Top two. It's, not the, it's not the goal to win the tourney. Gonzaga's going to do that. You finish in the top two, <laughs> man, you are 75% chance of playing in the championship game because you get to rest, you get to watch everybody else play, and then you get to go and do your thing. And in this league, not getting to the title game makes it really hard to get into the NCAA tournament. Amen. It's hard, it's hard enough even if Ask you get St. to Ask the- St. Mary's about it. We should. Let's just call them up right now. Can we dial them up? And be yeah, like, can we say, hey, did like, you hey, vote against Gonzaga hey, as well did, staying in the you, West Coast Conference? Yeah, did, we're, yeah, you were the ones, <laughs> right? Like, that was you? <laughs> Every one of these Zaga rules benefits BYU. What doesn't? All of it benefits BYU. More money, more non-conference games, the tournament format, revenue distribution. Yes, all of it benefits the Brigham. Commissioner Few doing work. A few good <laughs> rules. How about some Friday football? After initially opening as a seven-and-a-half-point underdog to Arizona in September's approaching season opener, BYU football has now been listed as an 11-point underdog. Really? 11 points. Too high or too low for BYU in the battle of the big cats? Way too low. Listen, I know BYU was 4-9 last year. They're going to turn from cats to dogs in a lot of these games, especially early in the season, until they rack up some wins. Wait, did you say too low? 11 is too high. Yeah, there you go. Arizona was 7-6 and six last year, 5-4 and four in the pack. They lost four of their last five, though. Started the year 6-2 and two and then uh, didn't turn out so well. New head coach Kevin Sumlin. He's been a head coach for 10 seasons, Houston and Texas A&M. He's won nine or more four times, so it's not like he's been this – Dynamic, uh, amazing coach, right? Johnny Manziel, that was good. Houston, that was good. Uh, I think 11's way too high. Khalil Tate emerged as a dynamic quarterback, okay? This is the first time we're kind of mentioning him. He rushed for 300-plus and four TDs in a game and then later threw for 300 and five TDs in a game. So that that makes it dangerous, but still, 11's too high. Come on. Uh, Cal, in game two, by the way, hosts uh, North Carolina. Okay. So, so will be, would BYU even be a favorite at home in game two? 11's way too, way too high. Come on. When was the last time BYU lost a season opener by 11 or more points? You have to go back a ways. When is it? 2005 against Boston College. 20 to 3, right? New head coach in place, Bronco Mendenhall. What a new offense. New offense with Robert and I. So Was it 20 to 3? It was 20 to 3. 23. BYU loses by 17. 17. Plus, but typically that has not been the case. Before that, it was number one ranked Florida State in two thousand. BYU lost twenty nine to three. Yeah, they had Chris Wanky. It was pretty good. Season opening games typically finish close because teams are trying to figure things out. 
Arizona's got a new head coach. This is a true road game as well. Yeah, the new head coach element is nice. Um, I'm hoping that BYU, the offense, can can bring it in the first game. Typically, there are struggles with the new offense. Game one. I think 11 is too high. This too will high. be a single-digit game. It, like, seven and a half would have been fair. This will be Even a single-digit game. It's a season opener. They got a new head coach. BYU's got a new offense. Things are always weird in the season opener. Coming up, fresh off being named to the All-MPSF First Team Senior Center, Leo Durkin joins us in the studio. And a dude who put together a solid pro day and now has earned the attention from some NFL teams. Tony Knuch joins us in the studio to preview his next step of realizing his pro football dreams. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Batcats lost game one last night, 4-3 to the Portland Pilots, but look to right the ship. That's a, a ship pun for the Pilots. Okay. Uh, tonight in game two, listen on BYU Radio at 9 Eastern. I don't think that was one. I think that was one BYU let slip away. A couple of solo shots after having the lead 3-2, lost 4-3. Lead off solo shots, no less. Yeah. Yeah, that's, Go that's get them tonight. Tough game. Go it's get a tough game. Welcome back, BYU Sports Station simulcast. On a Friday on BYU TV and BYU Radio, our conversation always rolling on social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter and Instagram, hashtag BYUSN, when you would like to converse with us and answer our question of the day. What was your biggest takeaway from yesterday's loaded interview on BYUSN with basketball coach Dave Rose at Twiggy or Stone tweets in that he really has a lot to juggle when trying to keep track of where all of his players will be between missions, transfers, early graduates. He must have quite the tracking spreadsheet. Hashtag BYUSN. Yeah, how good do you think Dave Rose is at Excel or a Google Sheet? Or is it somebody else that runs it for him? Or is it an assistant coach, yeah, yeah. that keeps track of all of that? Coach Garrett Fawcett's pretty good at Excel. They've got to have it seven to eight years out. That's crazy. Seven to, well, when guys are transferring that often, can you really go that far out now? I'm just saying, Five if you start six, recruiting maybe? a kid when he's a sophomore in high school. and yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's nuts. I don't envy that process. That That's tough. And that's why. I just like doing the next day show. That's, that's why I mean. guys will say that Dave Rose has the toughest job as a head coach in college basketball. Because he has to juggle things that no other coach has to juggle. Sure. Yeah. It's Mission crazy. Joining us now, a man who I'm not sure if he can juggle. We'll ask him. Tony Knuch of BYU Football in Studio B following a very successful pro day chasing that NFL dream. Tony, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. What's up? You're juggling a lot of things. Can you actually juggle? Me? Uh, No. You can juggle (laughs) defensive linemen. No. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You look fantastic, man. Thank you. Trying. We all notice that at pro day, but uh, how do you feel and – Compared to where you have been in your BYU football career, where where is your fitness level? Uh, it's great. I mean, I don't know about fitness level. Because <laughs> uh, when you're training for pro day, it's like specific for pro day. It's like bodybuilder training almost. Like hmm. cutting down fat, gaining muscle, trying to get fast and stuff. But I've been working out uh, this past week with Justin on the strength team, and he is killing me so you know <laughs> this was an attempt to give you a break from that yeah yeah. and we wanted to get your name out there too yeah thank you <laughs> well, i have to go to him right after this so oh i'm so sorry <laughs> i'm so sorry uh it, it's amazing what you can do when you can train specifically for this so so this makes me think what can BYU football do to continue to help the players prepare for pro day while they're in school 
is it too hard with just class and and uh, dating and football and whatnot to kind of go down that road a little bit? It is. It's super tough. I There's mean, no time. Yeah, because like a big thing is rest too. Like in Hawaii, we get a ton of rest, and um, the con- we don't condition a lot because we're trying to like grow our muscles. And uh, with college football, you have to be conditioned and in shape. So it's just a totally different animal, and uh, that's why training for pro day costs so much. And you know, playing football is you know costs a lot, but different it's like type of training, grand scale over everybody. Yeah. Hmm. You dropped your body fat from 29% to 18% in what, a, in three or four months? Uh, two months. Two yeah. months. Two months. So uh, go, go ahead and just uh, tell everyone the key to losing weight. Um, let, go train in Hawaii. Hawaii guy. <laughs> uh, Chad EK, he's the man. Hashtag EK all day, you know. He's great. He's a guru. He's a, if you guys don't know him, he's like, have you seen him? He's like the no, short. No, tell him. He's short Asian guy. I don't even know if he's like 5'4". He's really short, and um, people are surprised when they find out he's the trainer because he doesn't look, like, tall at all. But he was in the Olympics when he was younger for powerlifting and still holds the record for, I think, power clean for his weight class. Whoa. So, wow. Yeah. He's trained tons of NFL guys, um, and he used to train in Arizona and train guys like Larry Fitzgerald. So Very cool. He's the man. What kind of diet are you on? S- Right now or back in Hawaii? <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, no ice cream, I'm sure, in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, in Hawaii, it's like um, no carbs for me, basically, because I was cutting hard. Um, no carbs, no sugar. But his wife, she makes all the food, and um, you basically eat everything there. With Justin, I'm, I'm conditioning more, so I'm burning. It's, like, more intense, so I have to eat carbs. Hmm. But I'm trying t- to not eat too much carbs. Was it the keto diet in Hawaii a little bit? No, because uh, I've not, done keto not before. high fat. Yeah, not, not with the high fat. It was yeah. mostly just protein and air and water. Air? Yeah, and water. air and water. Air and yeah. water. Sounds like you got a lot of yeah. air and water. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You had a really nice pro day. Uh, we were impressed by the 32 inches in the vertical in particular. Um, how do you feel you fared in your opinion? In my opinion, I did good. I mean, um, I got really close to the numbers that we had set. For my goals, um, I kind of messed up on my bench, but, you know, uh, you win some, you lose some. Well, they didn't count, like, four reps or something, right? Yeah. They go down far enough or something? Yeah. Yeah. And I got more in Hawaii, so I was There like, you go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's all right. But the, uh, but the numbers and the performance, what kind of feedback did you get from that on Pro Day? Yeah, so the scouts were – they were great. They, they said I did good. Um, they were pleased. I got a call from – the Broncos, and they like what they saw. So. Okay. Um, you know, the NFL with all the scouting, it's, it's kind of difficult because, you know, they call you. Um, you don't know how much they're really interested, and um, you won't really know until they give you a call on the draft. So, hmm. you know, sometimes they call you, sometimes they don't. You know, even Bronson, I heard he didn't get very many calls of interest, but he got drafted like third round. So it's kind of, you know, hmm. a tough mind game. It's like dating in Provo. Yeah, right? you know. Where, where One day are you're we? married. <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to define the relationship and they're not. You're like, where are we at right now? You're like, uh, I don't know. I'm dropping you off. Like, yeah. that's where we're at. Tooney Knuth with us in Studio B, former BYU football player, now pursuing the NFL. You mentioned the Broncos contacted you. What was that conversation like? It was great. Um, the 
guy that called me, he actually loved BYU. Said he played at Snow, so um, he was he was very cool. I invited him to my house, even if they didn't pick me up. So call me. That's how you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. You're but joking there, but oh, go ahead. No, I wasn't joking. I did. You're not but, joking. Yeah, he was cool. I mean, like you're like, yeah, call me. No, I, I'm serious right now. I, I imagine all 32 general managers are watching this. Yeah. And you get to sell yourself for like 30 seconds. This is your camera right here. Yeah. Go ahead and get 30 seconds. You get to sell yourself. Tony Knuch, sell NFL myself. prospect. I, you watch the film. My highlights online on YouTube. It's a great highlight. Um, I can run block like no other. And I'm getting better at the pass block. And I'll learn. Any position you want, I'll kick the ball if you want me to. I don't even care. I'll play whatever. I just want to be on the field, and I love football. so, And I love to beat people up. So, All right. Tony Knuch, yes. His favorite food is pancakes. The phone lines are lighting up, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> what, how emotionally, um, or what emotionally is this process like for you? Because you're, you want to play in the NFL. You want to get a shot. And you just need one team to take that chance, right? Yeah, it's um it's kind of tough cuz you got to, you know, wait. Um but I've been on like this positive vibe trip lately, so I'm just kind of, you know, trying to think on the the brighter side of things, but I do see a lot of guys that are training for the NFL, they get worried, you know, we're not getting calls all the time or you know Fred, he's he's taking trips to to get interviews at places. Um obviously, you know, he's about to get drafted. He's ranked really high. And uh, some of us, we're not getting calls, and that's okay because that's part of the process as well. But I can see people get nervous and kind of have self-doubt. Um, but I'm just trying to stay on a positive vibe. So I'm kind of living life right now, just training and, uh, you know, filled with anxiety and, you know, self-loathing, I guess, but whatever. <laughs> Did you just watch Yes Man or something? Yes, no. I read. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> I read the book, The Alchemist. Have you ever no, seen that? It's it, a no. great book, yeah. 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 It's all about positive vibes, you know. So how's that going for you? Great. It's great. I, you know, It'd be I'm, hilarious if you're like, it's awful. Awful. Not, <laughs> not worth it. Terrible. Well, hey. it's, a, it's a short book, so, you know. <laughs> Where do you want all of this to end up? I, I mean, I know you want to play professional football, but what, are you willing to play professional football if it's not in the NFL in another league? Like, what, what do you want to do with this? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I'm going to, I think, well, obviously I know I can play in the NFL. I've, you know, I've have faith in myself. So I want to push that as far as I can. And um, I'm not closed off to Canada or, you know, overseas anywhere. Just want to be around football. I love football, so I can't let it go. Well, good luck. We were impressed with your pro day, and uh, we expect you to get a, a look uh, as a free agent somewhere at least. Yeah. So good luck. Thank you. Let's give you the BYU Sports. Yes, karma. the karma. Take the karma, Tooney. Run with it. I feel it. And hopefully in two weeks and a day you're getting phone calls. Yeah. Going somewhere to a minicamp. Okay. Thanks, Thank Tony. You. It's Thank all you. happening. Tony Kunich with us on BYU Sports Nation. We appreciate the time, man. Thanks. Okay, coming up, he's got a marathoner's heart. Does that mean men's volleyball setter Leo Durkin needs the Cougars to pass better? He'll join us in 15. <laughs> Plus, what's the chance BYU basketball will host multiple Quadrant One games next season? What does that even mean? You know what it means. I do know what it means. This is BYU Sports Nation. Next Thursday, April 19th. Men's volleyball team hosts a semifinal in Provo in the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation Tournament live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern next week. The Cougars await the lowest-seeded team remaining after tomorrow's quarterfinal matches. Happy Friday the 13th, BYU Sports Nation friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand 
anytime, anywhere. And we now present some of today's top BYU Sports Nation stories. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. Let's keep it rolling with volleyball. Jerem Gabi Garcia-Fernandez named the 2018 MPSF Freshman of the Year. Fernandez, Price Jarman, Brendan Sander, and Leo Durkin were all all MPSF first team. Debrito Ferreira with an honorable mention. Very cool. I thought uh, Fernandez had a shot of being the player of the year, but uh, David Wyzorek of Pepperdine got that. Batcats fell to the Portland Pilots in the series opener 4-3 last night. Brock Hale 2-4 with a run and a loss. Second game of the series tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU Radio. BYU softball in a doubleheader tonight. West Coast Conference play against Pacific at 8 and 10 Lock Eastern. Doors. The softball team has won five straight, looking to add to that winning streak. This is what they typically do. You get oh, in the, uh, They play such a tough preseason schedule, get into conference play, and they roll. They're going to roll fools in the league. BYU Gymnastics finishes the season ranked 17th in the nation. This is the team's highest ranking since 2005. That was my freshman year here. It's time to have some fun with percentages and play What's the Chance? BYU Sports Nation asks, what's the chance? Fun with percentages. <laughs> we all know that Jerem loves that. What's the chance? Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. The ben Bagley, bring your math skills to this, number one. Well, let's try math. What's the chance BYU hoops will lose less than the yearly average of four players? From this year's roster. Twenty mm, percent? I think it's gonna be four plus. Less than at, four? I think it's at least four. The average is four. Each of the last two years it's six last, and a half. Seven and then six the last two years. There have been a couple years where it was two. Okay. But I, I see it being four plus. Yeah, I'm gonna say four percent chance that it's less than four. Just because of what we've seen. I would I would love for BYU to retain the majority of their roster and not have a ton of turnover, but that, that just hasn't been the little thing. little nugget from Dave Rose was uh, yesterday that it sounded like there were two incoming transfers who then committed elsewhere. So who's leaving? What now? That means there's yeah. roster spots. What now? That means guys are bouncing. We just don't know who yet. It happens every year. It's not a shock. It's not like, oh my God, someone's transferring. What? Sometimes it shocks you. Like Matt Carlino when he left, I was like, whoa. That shocked me. That Eric was Mika. Crazy. Whoa. Because Matt, Matt had already transferred. Yes. Jordan Chapman was, like, weird. Jake Toulson, Isaac Nielsen, Nick Martineau. I mean, they, Demarcus Harrison. There are guys. But it, it stinks when that guy leaves and then he's really good. And you're like, oh, Mr. Musk, Jordan Chapman, you scored 30 in the ACC, man. You know, they, like, those ones hurt. Number two. Sticking with BYU basketball, what's the chance BYU will start Check that. What's the chance BYU will score, play multiple quad one games Ooh. next season in the Marriott Center? Okay. Oh, in the Marriott Now, here's Center. the deal. BYU play, will play Gonzaga. They're going to be one. They're going to be top 30 RPI. That's what you need to be for a quad one. The opponent needs to be. Okay. Um, is BYU going to play a second one? I go like 26.8%. I don't really see it. Like, it'd have to be a non-conference one because there's not going to be another West Coast Conference team. Two top 30 teams in Provo? I don't see it happening. I'm going to lower mine to 12%. Yeah, I mean, because you hope Gonzaga's one, right? Gonzaga's, if they're not, you could get zero. Gonzaga's RPI was not high enough to be a quad one game in Provo this year. Well, no, it became one. Oh, it became one. By the end. By the, Okay, by yeah. the end. Because on Selection Sunday, that's when it matters. But when it happened, yeah, there was some question it, like. Yeah, when it happened, doesn't matter. It's on Selection Sunday. Yeah. 
So BYU. In fact, yeah. three of BYU's Gonzaga. six quad one games were against Gonzaga. So if if Gonzaga for some reason is thirty one or higher in the RPI, that's not a quad one home game. They'll be at least thirty, dude. They just change. They just have Zaga rules so they can get a better RPI. They've got Rui Hachimura and Killian Tilly and Josh back. Perkins all coming back. <laughs> Gonzaga Sports Nation strikes again. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the Zags will be there next season. I don't. I don't think so. It's going to be tough for BYU to get a top thirty team into the Marriott Center. But two years where, from where, now, three years from now, yeah, yeah. Where okay. is the Wake Forest, Baylor, Iowa State? They're on games. the way. They're they, on the way. Two to three. Two to those. three years away. More of those. Yeah. Why two to three years away? Why not this year? Why not I every would, other year? It's like every BYU is going to play right? those like games on the yeah. road this upcoming year because the rule change just happened. It's going to be hard to turn that around and be like, yeah, come play in Provo this year. Start here. Teams are going to be like, no, you play here first or a two-for-one or whatever. Yeah. I just don't see it this year. Even neutral. Two to three years away, BYU having multiple top 30 teams in the Everything's RPI two to three years away, Provo. man. The future's overrated. The present <laughs> is where it's at. <laughs> number not in the future. Number three. Number three is not two to three years away. It's going on right now for you, Jeremy. Thank you. Yes. We talked about it earlier this week. What's the chance BYU football will star, start more than two quarterbacks this season? More? One good ju- – oh, more than two? Oh. More than two. Oh, at first I thought this was two. Uh, 10%? No, please no. The past seven seasons, there's only been one year where BYU started at least – or only one quarterback. It was 2013, Taysom Mill sophomore year. Every single other year, BYU started at least two guys. In two of the past seven years, BYU started at least three guys in multiple games. So whatever two divided by seven is, that's the chance I give it. What, Be- what is it, math major? Because it's... You weren't a math major, but you're smart. <laughs> What's two divided by seven? Two divided by seven? 29%. 18? Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. I was, I was 29%. Like... Don't do math on the air. That's broadcasting no, 101. No. My bad. I was going to be way off. I was going to say like 19%. I set you up poorly. I'm sorry. We're going to have a setter, a better setter. Leo Durkin join us. Yes, indeed. Next segment. Because it's a first-year offense and maybe things don't go as planned, you throw in injuries or a player's performance is not up to where Jeff Grimes wants it, I think this is higher than I want it to be. 25%. Mm. If it was – You will start two or or start more than two quarterbacks this season. If it was one and a half, would you say 100%? Because I'm like a gajillion percent yes. that multiple guys are going to Yes. Play. Look at how the season has played out in Independence. I mentioned it yesterday. It's 41%. One year, right? One year, BYU had the same quarterback start every game. That was 2013 it, Taysom Hill. Yes, and it was going to be 2016 as well, but Taysom Hill decided to hurdle the dude against Utah State in the fourth quarter. So then he injures his elbow. One season out of seven. BYU has had the same starting quarterback every game. One. That's wild. So, yeah, if it were – there are going to be two quarterbacks that start different games. That, that will At happen. At least two. Will it be three? Hopefully that, not. Maybe. I say 25%. Starting three is never a good sign. Never. Number four. Sticking with football, what's the chance BYU football will be favored in two of their first five games? 5%. I think it's real low. BYU's already an 11-point dog against Arizona. I think Cal's going to come in as a favorite. Like I mentioned, they host North Carolina. Even if, So here's the scenario in which BYU would be favored against Cal. Okay? Because BYU will be favored against McNeese State. So what's the other game? Because it ain't going to be Washington or Wisconsin on the road. Okay, And it's not Arizona. 
If BYU blew out Arizona and Cal got blown out, maybe BYU is a favorite against Cal in Week 2. Is there anywhere that is providing a line on the early season games other than Arizona for BYU? I'd be interested to see this. I don't, I don't know that Cal brings a ton of cachet into Provo. Right, but BYU was 4-9, and nine, and that brings a ton, ton of negative cachet what to, was the, Cal last to the year? lines. What was Cal last year? Did they go know, to a bowl game? What were they? I don't know that Cal went to a bowl game. So uh, there's, a, there's a good chance that if they did not have a winning season, that BYU will be the favorite by maybe one, or maybe it's a pick em game. They were 5-7. and seven. They had a losing record, too. But they're from the pack, Spencer. In Provo, Cal typically, when they've played in Provo, has not played well. So I think that there is a 50% chance. You don't have to throw Tom Homo under the bus like that. 50% chance <laughs> BYU will be favored in two of the first five 50%. games. 50%. Yes. It's obviously McNeese State. They won't even do a line on it. Hey, they won't even do a line on it. Does that one even count? <laughs> good so good the point. Answer is, the answer is zero <laughs> because they, it's not going to be two games. It's zero. It's going to be one max. Because McNeese State is not Division One. And again, FBS. I implore you, we're going into a season where BYU might not be favored in four of the first five games and the other would be an FCS team. Why? Why? Why so hard? Competitors want to play the best, right? Congratulations on a not 10-win season again. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> it's earned us so much. <laughs> Holy cow. Do we even have time for another one? No. Probably not. No. Ben's like, get out of here. I've had enough. <laughs> Done. Oh. Nobody got time for that. We got Leo Durkin, dude. Cal, zero percent. Okay. Cal, Cal is going to be favored. You think Cal's going to be favored in Provo if, after a 5-7 and seven season? If they beat North Carolina. And uh, BYU doesn't blow out Arizona. Wow. Why BYU is 4-9. They're not going to get any respect until they earn it. I understand that. You know what I mean? Cal is, like, projected probably to finish 8-12 to 12 somewhere in the Pac-12. Like, that's not a powerhouse program. They've typically been in the 7-8 range, which is where BYU was oh, prior to last man. year. Oh, man. It is. The average is, right? I can't wait for the lines to come out on all the of line, these games. You know what we need to do one day? We give the line right now <laughs> on we, every game. We project it. We're doing a Saturday show tomorrow. <laughs> no, we're not. We'll do it next week. Next week. Oh, how many days away from BYU, Arizona? Don't answer that question. 141. Uh, is I it, know. Is it 141? yesterday. Oh, Jerome. You didn't listen. It's 141. I did listen. I listened to the entire Dave Rose interview. I tuned out. I tuned out the countdown. (laughs) Our question of the day. Speaking of the Dave Rose interview, what was your biggest takeaway from yesterday's BYU Sports Nation interview with the head basketball coach at BYU at eighty six WI Coog? For me, it was his candor and honesty from difficulty of BYU admissions with graduate transfers, and he told us that those players are supposed to have their resume, if you will, in by January. They're still playing with their other teams. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, the admission office, if you could uh, – remember on Facebook you could dislike something? They would have disliked that interview, I think, yesterday. But coming up, Leo Durkin uh, will join us coming up in two segments, the setter for BYU men's volleyball. And the whip around. 
BYU baseball needs to get back on track. How and when you can watch the Batcats against Portland in the great Northwest. It's all coming up next. This is BYU Sports Nation. What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. If you are in Phoenix and you don't have plans, or you already do, you need to change them on Cinco de Mayo because guess what? Come hang out with us at the BYU Fan Fest from 11 to 1 local time at Pioneer Park in Mesa, Arizona on May 5th. Bring the chips and salsa, baby. We're going to be there. May the 5th in Mesa. It's going to be fun. Let's go. Are the Diamondbacks playing the Astros that weekend? Maybe. Yes. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, I am Spencer Linton alongside the fabulous Jerem Jordan. Our daily BYUSN rebroadcast airs weeknights, including tonight on Friday the 13th at 6 p.m. Eastern. It is Friday the 13th, so let's, uh, let's mix let's, it up, let's man. Do it a little different. Huh? Time for the Cougar Whip Around. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Volleyball. Gabby Garcia Fernandez is the MPSF Freshman of the Year. Fernandez, Bryce Jarman, Brendan Sander, and Leo Durkin all named to the MPSF First Team. Felipe de Brito Fejera. Love it. Was an honorable mention. He and Fernandez also named to the All Freshman Team. It's Fejera. The double R is Fejera after all. You know. Oh man, I messed it up. Baseball. The Batcats fell I have to been the all Portland year. Pilots. <laughs> Batcats fell to the Portland Pilots in the series opener four to three last night, give up, giving up a couple of leadoff home runs. Game two, chance to bounce back tonight at 9 Eastern. Listen live on BYU Radio. Gymnastics. Jim Katz finished the season ranked 17th, the team's highest ranking since 2005. Men's basketball. Dalton Nixon named a National Strength and Conditioning Association All-American. The recognition okay. given to those collegiate athletes whose athletic accomplishments, in the opinion of their strength coach, reflect their dedication to the strength training and conditioning. Nice. Cougars in the minors. In double A, Adam Law went one for three with a double, and thou shalt steal. So he got two stolen bases for the Arkansas Travelers in a 3-2 loss to the San Antonio Mission Trips. Softball. The Cougars play a doubleheader at Pacific tonight at 8 and 10 Eastern. The ladies have won five straight. Tennis. Women's team is in California this weekend to face LMU. Today, Pepperdine tomorrow, BYU is in third place at 4-1 in league play. The men's team hosts LMU today and Pepperdine tomorrow in the final matches of their regular season. Football. And congratulations to these athletic students. Cody Stewart, Kean Norman, Johnny Linehan, and Grant Jones were named to the 2018 National Football Foundation Hampshire Honor Society. Now, shouldn't they qualify as student athletes? They're just more athletic students. All right. Yeah. Coming up. All first-team setter Leo Durkin hangs out with us in Studio B, plus your responses to our question of the day. What's your biggest takeaway from the Dave Rose interview? It's a great interview. Way in, man. It was a fun one. Hashtag BYUSN. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Shout-out to Tooney Knooch. Former BYU football player chasing down those NFL dreams for joining us earlier on the show. Download the podcast if you missed any of that or our conversation surrounding what head coach of BYU basketball Dave Rose told BYU Sports Nation yesterday. Joining us now in Studio B, senior setter and for the first time ever, a first-team all-MPSF Finally! player. 
Yeah, come on. Come on, MPSF. Let's go. They got it right. Leo Durkin is with us. Welcome, Leo. Hey, thanks for having me. I, have you felt uh, – I was so validated for you. I was like, finally, they gave him a first team. You'd been like honorable mention all league previously. You might yeah. not care about this, or you might act like you don't Jerem care about it. Jerem cares about this. I care about this. <laughs> finally, you got some validation from the league. You know, it's, it's the MPSF. I mean, we uh, – it's just one conference of many that, you know, we play in. So, for us, um, it's just all about the national championship. I don't know. We don't really – it was kind of like a passing thing, too, in practice. Like, hey, congrats to these guys. And it's just like, okay, cool, let's go practice. You know? <laughs> so, I don't know. We don't even – even on our own team, we don't even really think about it that much. The, the focus on winning the national title is evident in the form of the 2016 MPSF Tournament Championship Trophy, which sits here. It's not even in the office. You guys are like <laughs> – you don't even know. We got a lot of these. You want one, right? Sure. Um, d- describe to us kind of the mentality of this team. Is you've been to the national championship match two years in a row. You guys mm. are just really focused on that that one thing. Yeah, uh, I mean, I even with that 2016 conference championship, like my parents have both of my second place trophies. I don't even have them. I just like literally gave it to them after. I was like, I don't care about this. Like, we have to go at it again. So, I mean, for us, just our team, it's. It's just what we're dialed into. That's what we talk about probably day in and day out of practice. That's our whole focus. That's our purpose that drives us as a team. And, uh, you know, we're hoping with this with this year we're going to find ourselves in that position again. Your full name, William Leo Durkin IV. You went by Will growing up. Close. Leo William Sorry, Durkin. Sorry, Leo William. Yeah. Okay. Why did you decide to go with just Leo and, and not throw in the William there or the Will? Oh, my gosh. So, um when I was growing up, uh, I would always mix it up. I couldn't even figure out what name to go with. I, you know, I put Leo on this paper, and the next paper I put Will. And my second grade teacher, she literally put down all the papers in front of me and says, look, you've signed all of these different. I need you to pick one. And so I picked Leo because it had three letters instead of four. <laughs> you know, for Will. You know? Very complex process. Yeah. yeah. I remember bragging about it, too, like at the, you know, the jungle gym. I was like, oh, dude, my name's only three letters. And yeah. It's like, oh, man, mine's like six. It takes so long. I'm like, oh, yeah, look at that. That's a great story. Just being efficient. Apparently, you have like a marathoner's heart. Um, does this mean BYU needs to pass the ball better to get it up to you with the net? <laughs> I don't know. Too much running? Yeah, that was we just in my advanced phys class. We were doing some like EKG stuff and like measuring the electrical circuitry of our hearts. And the way, I guess, the way my heart was depolarizing. They're like, "Oh, if it looks like this, then you have a marathon runner's heart." I told Luca that, and then he made fun of the passers after that, like practice. <laughs> but, but I don't know. I think if you probably measured all the guys on our team, we get enough cardio in practice that they all probably have. Good Leo, hearts, right. <laughs> Leo Durkin with this because three letters are more efficient yeah. in Studio B. That, I love that story. Uh, what kind of tournament are you expecting approaching uh, it, it with the MPSF? Because, I mean, your, go- your goal clearly is winning the national championship. So what, what kind of uh, tournament are you expecting? Um, I mean, as far as turnout, as far as just competitive. the competitive and... nature of what's, what's going to happen? You know, um, for us, this – you know, we're we're only seen as one way. It's you know, winning our conference championship is our only guarantee into the tournament. And yep. so for us, um, you know, we're laser focused, and I think kind of we have a, the approach of only one game's guaranteed at a time from here on out. So we just have to take advantage of every moment that we got. And given the way the committee looks at things, it might be the way to go. Like an at large, 
you don't want you don't want it to come down to that, right? But yeah. the good news is you host. So you're mm-hmm. sitting here as the one seed, waiting for the semis next week. But you guys are going to have a quarterfinal Saturday uh, of sorts against yeah, each yeah. other. Mm-hmm. Uh, why have this in the middle of the season? Uh, I've never really seen this before. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I'm, I can't read the coach's mind, but I think just from what they've kind of talked to about with us, it's just to get through game-like repetitions and that same intensity. You know, that's why we're also having it open so the crowd can get in and we can have some cheering, hopefully, you know, you know, and um, jerseys, everything. So it's, it's going to we're going to go through the whole warm up and uh, treat it exactly like a match. And I mean, we're even going to probably have coaches on each side of the court running game-like situations and we're going to have a game plan. So it's just to make sure we're getting those exact reps and we don't feel like we're missing out on a quarterfinal because we don't have a, you know, a quarterfinal round. Tomorrow at 3 o'clock, uh, local time if you want to go uh, see that in Smithfield. He's not just an elite dancer, folks. He's an elite volleyball player, Leo Durkin. <laughs> thanks for joining us, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Give you me some guys. BYU Sports thanks. Nation karma thanks, as well. Will, Leo, <laughs> LD4. Some karma for the quarterfinal. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, mainly for the semi, but yeah. Yeah. Carry yeah. over. There you go. There you go. Carry Stay over. Stay injury okay, free. Cool. That's the hope, right? Thanks All for right. coming on. Awesome. Okay. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need most DexterLaw.com. I'm going to give it to Leo Durkin. It goes to uh, Leo William William Leo Durkin the, four, the fourth for finally getting first team yeah. all-conference. Let's throw in the rest of the first-teamers as well. Dude, dude has set the national runner-up the last two years, and he finally got first team. What a load of – Come on. <laughs> Come on. Our elite tweet of the day answering what was the biggest takeaway from the Dave Rose interview. Shay Lawrence, he says, how lucky we are to have Coach Rose. Incredible how he manages the complexities of recruiting, hiring, scheduling, and coaching at BYU while delivering 20-plus wins every single year. Good coach, man. No one's down yet. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN on demand, BYUSN.com. Our audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout-out to Tim Daubert. We're back at it on Monday. Fume Davut. <laughs>